open your eyes. There's something more. It's the fuel behind every success story. It's the first few letters on a page. It is key to progress. Revealed by the spirit and without it, his people perish. What's your vision? Your city? Your nation? Technology? Culture? Or the arts? vision for your life. Well, good morning, Influence Church. How's everybody doing? Oh, let's, let's give it up. We can do better than that. How's everybody doing? You excited to be in the house of God? Yes. I, you know, the first service did a little better. Can we do it again? Are you excited to be in the house of God? Oh, now we're awake. Now we're awake. Well, it's so good to see you this morning. And, uh, Thanks again. Just an honor to be here. I know uh, Eric has, had mentioned our senior leadership, Pastor Phil and Pastor Tammy. Uh, they are actually, as you know, Pastor Tammy's birthday. And if you don't know, I'm going to tell you. Pastor Tammy's birthday, and they may be streaming, so I love you, uh, is on Monday, so tomorrow. And if you remember last year, she got the amazing gift of a new granddaughter, Gracie Bell. So they're actually in Colorado celebrating with their family, uh, Pastor Tammy's birthday, and of course, one year, Gracie Bell, and uh, of course, Brandon and Jen, and all of their kids we love, uh, Josh and Kim. And so please be praying for them while they're there with their family. They're having a great, uh, just a reprieve and some rest, and they'll be back with us next week. And it's, so like I said, it's an honor to be here. And uh, my wife, Erica, the better half as you heard her preach, hallelujah. We're just going to do the altar call, and we're going to go. How would you like to get out early? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, yes, the rope holders. I want to be a rope holder in the kingdom of God. Amen? How about you? Yes. Do you have a vision? Yes. You come seeking more vision of God? Yes. I know he's got a vision for us and greater clarity in just a minute. But I want to honor, uh, of course, can we just get up for the name above every name? Jesus Christ. That's why we're here today. There would be no other reason why we're here. There is a lot of other things to do in California, but the presence of God is way better than it all. And we're here for that name and that name only. Uh, and all of our team, again, Erica, acknowledge and thank you so much for every person who makes Influence Church happen. You are church. You are church. Look at your neighbor, tap them on the shoulder, say, you are church. If it's your wife, give them a kiss and say, I love the church. <laughs> no, kiss the person that's beside you because that's amazing. We can do that. Uh, you're married, right? No. <laughs> if you want to be married, maybe kiss the person beside you. <laughs> Find your, find your spouse at church. That's the best place to do it. I found my wife there. Whoop, whoop. All you young, young adults, that's just a side note. But I want to honor a few people that are in the house this morning. Um, can we give it up? You probably saw the bus outside. Pray, vote, stand. Pray, vote, stand. Come on, let's give it up for them. Helping us out to inform us as we get to the election. Not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday, November 6th. And then also just want to take a minute to... Uh, honor. Mimi Walters is here with us this morning. If you want to stand and even come up on the stage for a second. Uh, come on, let's, let's stand. Influence Church. Mimi Walters is uh, our district. She's our district right here at Anaheim 
Hills, our church. It's so great to have you with us. And, uh, and then also, I'm going to have Mayor uh, Harry Sadu is running for mayor this election. If you want to come on up stage. And then uh, Trevor O'Neill. Yes, let's give it up for all of these. They took their time to come be here. And, uh, and we're going to take a minute and... While you're standing, we're going to pray for them. But I just real quick, I know Mimi wanted to say something and then also kind of just shed some light on how the districts in the local area work. So go ahead. Thank you. Well, thank you all for inviting me uh, this morning. Um, I am Catholic. Um, this is the first time uh, here at this church. And this is, looks like a little bit more fun than my church. Don't tell Father that. <laughs> yeah, I was there this morning at 730. Uh, but I very much strongly believe in the power of prayer. And I really appreciate all the prayers that um, you say. And please pray for me because I'm in a very tough race. Um, but my district is California 45th. And so it's Anaheim Hills. I have Tustin. I've got Irvine. I've got uh, parts of Orange, uh, Villa Park. So that's the north end. And then it goes down south to, to Mission Viejo. But I think some of your congregation here uh, represents some of those and uh, lives in some of those cities. So thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really enjoying myself. Thank you, thank you. And then, just real quick, uh, as a 45th, those of you that live in the 45th district, if you ever travel to Washington, D.C., make yes. sure you email and reach yes. out to her. Yes, yes, we'll give you tours. We'll give you tours of the Capitol. We can get you into the White House. So if anybody comes to Washington, D.C., please look me up and we'll take good care of you. Yeah. 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 And, and then also, for those of you that are in districts that are not represented by uh, Mimi, make sure you reach out to your representatives. I mean, this is why they're there. They're here for us. They're here to serve and help us and support us and uh, really be our representatives. But let's all stretch our hands to those that are running. And uh, just, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this honor to have them here today. God, they could be, they could be anywhere. And Lord, it's that you've wanted them here. And so we pray over them. We pray blessings. God, we pray that your face would shine upon them, Lord, that you would put righteous men and women around them. Lord God, that you would uh, just, God, I thank you that the word says where righteousness reigns, the people rejoice. And so God, uh, we pray that uh, the the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge, is wisdom. And so, God, Lord, that they would always seek you and say, Lord, what is your will to be done? And, God, I thank you that by your spirit of God, you'll give them divine wisdom and revelation from you, from heaven. Uh, we ask you for the wisdom of heaven to shine upon these amazing people, a spirit of wisdom and revelation upon them. God, we thank you so much for Mimi, for Harry, and for Trevor. God bless them, and let your face shine upon them. In Jesus' name we all say, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Influence Church, give it up. Thank you so much for agreeing with us in prayer. And uh, so cool. There is a message on my, uh, on my, where did that come from? So you did meet the voter registration. You did miss it. So if you haven't registered to vote this time, repent. Ask God to forgive you. Because it is, I mean, this is, this is what we get to do. This is what we get to do. We as a church can quickly sometimes step back and complain about everything that's going on, and we don't do our due diligence to do what's been required of us. So you did miss the voter deadline registration, but you can still, if you've received a mail-in ballot, fill that out, get it mailed in. Uh, I actually fill mine out and just drop it off right at the toll booth so I know it goes in there. I'm like, Boom. So if you brought yours today, you can actually drop it off with the, the team here or just actually go in and slip it into the post office right here. They rent off of us, so keep them busy, right? <laughs> See that? See that? Little job security over there. Uh, 
So this morning, again, if I had to title my message, I would title it uh, A Vision for the People. And my mom and dad are watching. I love you, some of my family, and all of you that are streaming the 1040 service, you're missing it. It's just been fun up here, even as Mimi said. It's like, it's a little funner than my church, so we won't, we won't tell them. <laughs> but no, we love what God's doing. We love all the churches in Orange County. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're a part of his body. Uh, a vision for the people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. We spend the rest of our time together focusing on you. We ask, uh, as we've already sensed your Holy Spirit here, that you would continue to reside here. God, greater than uh, where two or three are gathered together in your presence that you're here, but God, in our hearts, every single one of these hearts today, I pray that it, they would come alive uh, with revelation from you, with uh, just understanding from you, and ultimately, Lord, the action in which we need to do, Lord, as you believe in us, and you've called us to have a relationship with you, God, and we thank you for that. And uh, let the word of God be living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, a vision for the people. If I could title my message today of anything, I would say it's a vision for the people. And I want to tell you just first off, before I get into anything else, God has a vision for people. He created us in his own image. God created us in his own image, male, female, everything. All the stuff that we try to blur right now as a society, we need to ultimately say, God, what have you, what's your purpose in this? He desires, he has a vision for people to be righteous. That's to make right decisions. He has a vision for people to be his children. He has a vision for people to be anointed, ambassadors, messengers of reconciliation, ministers of reconciliation, callings and giftings and talents and abilities. God has a vision for people. So if you forget everything else, you can fall asleep now. God has a vision for you and for people. Okay, but I, if you do snore, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some water at you. I got a whole thing of water up here. So you're going to get baptized. <laughs> All right. So as we were, uh, as we're facing an election, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday, November 6th, I couldn't help but I was at a, um, I was, I was at a, uh, a convention or a conference earlier this year in Sacramento and really came away with a lot of just, God, I'm, I ask you to forgive me of what I haven't done as just a citizen and as a, as a people here in America. Uh, and so we're coming into election, and it was neat to see some of the statistics. So in the last governor election, because uh, we're facing a governor election this, this uh, November 6th, the last governor election, um, Governor Jerry Brown won with four point some, like 4.6 million votes. His opponent lost with two point, I want to say it's like nine votes, 2.9 million votes, okay? So total, they believe that 30% of all registered voters turned out for that election, 30%. Christians represented, because you know if you've filled out your register, when you've registered to vote, you fill out, you can check the box, I'm a Christian voter. Now that doesn't mean everybody checks it, but the ones that did, there was 13 million or close to approximately 13 million Christian voters in that last election, 13 million. Collectively, there wasn't 13 million votes that were casted. If we would show up, if half of us would show up, we would landslide the principle, if we're voting our values, okay? So I'm not telling you to go out and vote Republican, vote Democrat. I'm telling you to vote your Christian values. Find out what these representatives stand for, their beliefs, their, what are, and vote your Christian values. And so as we think of that, and let that be the grounds of, uh, there's a problem in our country. There's a problem with the church. We're sitting in here today. So if we're not voting as the church, are we praying as the church? Now, I didn't know if you heard me. If we're not voting, are we praying? That's what we've been called to, to do first and foremost. Jesus said, my house, the house of God would be called a place of prayer. 
for all nations, but we're not even praying for our nation. So if I'm not voting, am I truly praying? And then at that point, if I ask myself, am I praying, do I really have a vision from God and what he's called me to do? So I believe that today and overall in America, the church is at a pivoting point where I believe that we could repent for some things that we've done wrong, pick up the rope and start doing what God has called us to do to see this nation be, continue to be the great nation that it is. We're not a great nation. We're not a great nation because of our military. We're not a great nation because of our government. These things are all important and they're amazing. We are a great nation because our God. Did you hear me? We're not a great nation because of our military. We're not a great nation because of our government. They're all important and they're necessary. But we are a great nation because of our God. He has blessed us. For what? That we can hold on to it or hoard it or that we could give it to others. And we've been that. And I'm, in the period of time that we're living in, it's so important that church, we continue to rise up and not take a step back. Don't fall asleep. Uh, the Bible says, awake, O oh, you sleeper. Okay? So... Who likes, to read, who likes to read fiction books? I'm not a big fiction book reader. And as you read fiction books or you like to watch a good movie, you know, maybe you're not the first one to go to the movie theater, but who honestly can say they like to know the end of the story before they actually begin the story? So some people are like, no, but some people are like, yes. So I'm actually one of those people that if I tell the joke, if I, tell the joke I have a tendency to say the punchline before the joke's over, and then I'm the only one laughing, right? Because <laughs> I, like, I, I like to know the end, before I actually start the journey. And that's not necessarily the way God does it. He tells us to trust and walk by faith. But we, some of us like to know the end from the beginning. So when we go back and we watch the movie or we read the book, we can catch all the details and the twists and the turns and the spins, right? Because if you're like me, then you actually have to go back and watch it again. And you're like, oh, that's where it took the turn. Can I give you a bit of the end of the story as the church this morning? For those of you that like to know the end of the story, this one's for you. For those of you that don't like to it, don't plug your ears because you need to hear this. It's important. Revelations 5.10 is the verse that I really want you to focus on. And it talks about how God has called us to be kings and priests unto him and to reign on this earth. But for you to understand the whole context of that, I want to kind of backtrack into verse 8. And to set this up, John has been invited by the Spirit of God to enter into the throne room of God. He's invited to come into heaven. He's having this vision, he says, and he enters into the presence of God. And of course, he sees the angels and the 24 elders and the worship and the Lamb of God. Jesus is there and the Spirit of God and God, the Father, it's all there. And he's overwhelmed by it. And there's worship and there's, there's power and there's, there's all of this going on in heaven. And we find that we hear a conversation and we hear this concern in heaven and they brought out this scroll, and it says, and now when he had taken the scroll, that was Jesus, because they brought this scroll out, and they said, who's worthy to open this and even hold this scroll? And they're looking around through heaven, and only one qualified. That was Jesus. And the four living creatures and the 24 elders, they fell down before the lamb, and each one having a harp and a bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Mimi, you're, thank you so much for bringing that up. The prayers, listen, God hears your prayers. We have a prayer wall that represents over 70,000 prayers that just, I mean, that's amazing. But can you imagine the prayers of the saints in the church throughout all of history that have come up before God and not one of them has been dropped. Not one of them has gone unanswered. They've all go noticed before God is actually, we sometimes think that it's invisible, but it comes up before God as substance. And it is contained in bowls. And they lay these down, all of the prayers. 
And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy towards the Lamb of God to take the scroll and to open its seal for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood and out of every tribe and every tongue. So that's who the us is towards every tribe, every tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests unto God. Did you hear that? Kings and priests unto who? To God. Sometimes we worry about our positions and our titles here on earth. And God says, you don't even know how I see you. You don't even know the vision that I have for you. I see you as a king and a priest before me. Because remember, Jesus said, as I am, so are you. I know Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, alive and well as much as you are. And he said, as I am, so are you. We, and he said, so you're kings and priests unto me, not by anything that we qualify, not by our education, not by any of that, but by the blood of Jesus Christ, that you get to be a king and a priest before God. And he said, and you will reign on earth. Have we got a vision for this church today? October 28, 2018, I almost said 2016. If we didn't get it then, help us Lord to get it now. <laughs> Come on. Do we have a vision for this where God sees us? When he looks at you, he doesn't see what you think is a mistake and a failure and a disqualification. He looks at you and says, by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are a king and a priest and you have potential to be in a place of the secret place of the most high and that you would reign on earth, that nothing in this earth and in this world could knock you off of the foundation of God when you're fixed on him. Nothing. You reign on this earth. And church, we're called to reign. So imagine with me now as we kind of rewind back in time. Let's think of our government just for a minute because we're in an election. We're in an election week in two weeks. And I want you to catch this because our framers of the Constitution, as they gathered together uh, in July, that hot summer of 1776, they were wrestling with these questions. As they came from a government that was controlling and, and held by kings and monarchs and all of this stuff. And they said, how do we create a government where God can speak to his people? Because they knew this stuff. Revelation wasn't written after 1776. Revelation was before them. And they looked at the example of, of, of Zion and they looked at these examples of, of Athens and they would see how some were successful and some failed and and. They were intrigued by it. And as they framed our country, they thought, how, how does God see people? What is the vision that God has for people? Is it God and the authorities and then the people? Because that's really what they knew as it was coming from England and the king and, and all of these things, that it was even the clergy was involved. And it was like, we have to go to church so that somebody can tell us what God's saying. And that is not what God's plan has ever been. He's the only God in all of the religions that wants relationship with you. He wants to know you intimately. He wants to help you in the midst of your problems and your situations and your circumstances. He wants to help you. The greatest thing you can do is hear his voice and move in what he tells you to do. So they're struggling with this. So is it government or is it God, government, and then the people? Or is it God, the people, and then the government? And thankfully, we as a nation because of our framers who saw that as they penned out the Declaration of Independence and later on wrote the Constitution and they said, we the people, right? It didn't say we the government, it says we the people. And so now we have representatives that we, that we pray for and we know that they're gonna represent what we would want them to represent. They're here to serve the people. And so today, I want you to think on that for just a little bit as we Begin to understand how our vision for the people has to include us taking some action. Taking some action. The world is looking for some people to help them and we're not even getting out and giving our vote. 
13 million of us of last election. Come on, church. Let's do what God has called us to do. Let's be a light in a dark world. But let's be responsible with the opportunities that are at hand and not sit back and wait for somebody else to do it. We've got to put our hands to what God has called us to do. Catch the vision of God for people and that we would love as he loved us. And so these framers are, let me just read you the Constitution real quick. The Constitution of the United States of America. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, love and unity, establish justice, endure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our prosperity to ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. Can somebody say amen? amen? And I heard many of you quoting that on the front row. So let us memorize it too, along with our scriptures. So as they're in this, I want to go back to this scene in heaven. As they're in this scene in heaven where God's saying, I, I, I see you as kings and priests unto me, to God, your, your place of, of, of ministering is in my presence and you will reign on earth. And the scroll that they were handing, the scroll that was handed to Jesus was the title deed for man's inheritance. We can look around and it's tragedy uh, pushes against our nation or, or we see the, the challenges and the difficulties and the tension. Can I tell you that it's only to be a reminder that we still live in a fallen world. That though Jesus Christ has shed his blood and has purchased the ownership of the title deed has not been opened yet. How many of you have gone out and you purchased a car? And the thing that you got to wait for as you pay and you pay and you pay is the what? The title. I mean, I wish I could just make the first payment and I'd get the title. It's like, sweet. You buy a house and you make payments and finally you get the title deed. Jesus Christ died on a cross. He rose again on the third day, ascended into heaven. The deed was paid for but it has not been opened and received. And I don't understand the time frame. We're going to get into that in a little bit. But he, when he takes that, he opens it up and it is final. It is finished. It is done. You and I have to work until that day to prepare what God would desire for us, that people would be made ready to know him because he's coming back for his church, for the bride of Christ. He's not coming back for just a particular nation. He's coming back for people who have made themselves ready. We think that maybe he'll come back and Make it all perfect and great. It's actually he's coming back for those who are made ready is what the word of God tells us. And so as you think of that scene in heaven, I want you to think back into Exodus chapter 19 because this isn't the first time this has appeared, this God desiring to be in this intimate relationship with his creation, with people. He looks at Moses as he brought the Israelites out of Egypt. He brought them out of slavery and bondage and, and, the, and the systems of Egypt. And he was bringing them into a promised land that he told them. And Moses was leading them. And Moses, as they're there in the wilderness, God is calling him to come up on the Mount Sinai. And he's, and he's going to speak. He wants to speak with his people. And in, in Exodus 19, it says this, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which he spoke to the children of Israel. He said that to an entire, over a million people that are wandering through the wilderness. He says, I want you to be different than any of the other nations. I want you to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation set apart. Wait, 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 wait. You mean God wasn't just wanting to talk to Moses and to Aaron and to, no. He had to set that up because they all stood there when the mountain was thundering and he said, Moses, if you don't go up and talk to God, he's going to kill us all. 
And so they stayed and sent Moses and Aaron. And listen, we don't understand this, the times and the seasons and why God does things, but we have to see the, 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 the repetition of things and take notice. What did he say to them again? I see you as a kingdom of priests. I want to speak to each of you, all million of you. I want you to all be in my presence and, and have a relationship with me like I intended it before the fall of man, before sin came into this whole thing. I want a relationship with you as my creation, the apple of my creation, the prized possession. And you fast forward as we had, of course, uh, the priests and then the judges and then the kings and the people cried out for a king and, and God said, look, a king's gonna make your sons go to war and he's gonna require of your crops and you don't want a king, but I'll give you a king because you've asked for a king. And Isaiah, in Isaiah 6 is at the, at the year that King Uzziah died, everybody in the nation's like, what are we gonna do? Who's gonna lead us now? And God's like, here am I. And he says on the sixth chapter, I'm in the presence of God in the year that King Uzziah died. And he takes him to the throne room and he sees again this picture that we saw in Revelation, but this is thousands of years before John, the ba or John, um, John, not John the Baptist. And he's in this, the same throne room and the, and the Bible says that he sees the goodness of God and he sees the holiness of God and the completeness of God and the power of God and all of the same thing. The angels are worshiping and all of this happening in heaven and he falls down before God and he says, I am unclean and I'm undeserving to be in your presence. Many times we come to church or we even begin to take a step toward knowing God and we encounter his goodness and his completeness and we start to think of ourselves, we're incomplete and we're, and listen, that's not, that's not when you push back. That's when you push in and you lean into God because the kindness of God leads to repentance. The kindness of God, the goodness of God. What happened with Isaiah is he's there and he's worshiping and he realizes I am unfit to be in this place. It's so holy. I don't deserve to be here. And he actually cries out, I am unclean. I'm a man of unclean lips. I don't deserve to be here. And I dwell in the land of the people who are unclean. And the angel takes from the altar a coal and he puts it on his lips and it starts to sanctify him and purify him. I don't know what happened in that moment. I can't quite fathom and understand. But for some reason, after that coal hit Isaiah's lips, there's a conversation that happens between God and the angels. And he says, who shall we send to tell them of God's plan? Many of you know that's a prophet. And this man who just seconds ago felt that he was unfitting to even be in the presence of God puts his hand up in the air. I mean, can you see how silly this is? It's like, the, uh, you know, hey, put your hand down like you're in the holy angels here. Like, you want lightning bolts next? <laughs> the one who just said, woe is me, I'm undone and I'm unclean and I'm undeserving to be here. He's like, hey, take me, send me, I'm the one. God used him mightily in verse, in chapter 61. Isaiah starts to speak of the Messiah and Isaiah said in 61 verses 1 through 2, the, the Messiah would come bringing good news. He would preach good news to the poor. He would heal the brokenhearted. He would declare deliverance to the captives. He would recover sight to the blind. He would set at liberty those that are bruised. He would even declare the acceptance, the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what Isaiah saw of Jesus coming hundreds of years later. He said, there's going to be a Messiah that's going to come in this scene and he's going to fix and complete all of this. And again, at Isaiah 61, verse 6, it says, but you shall be named the priest of the Lord. He reminded them again of what, was, what happened in Exodus chapter 19. What's our vision for, if we can catch a glimpse of God's vision for the people, what's our vision for the people? 
What do we see when you see hurting people, when you see, when you see blind people, when you see lame people? Do you see it an opportunity to somebody else to fix it, or do you see an opportunity for you to reach in and do pray for them, extend the kingdom of God? It's an opportunity of influence at that point. What's our vision for people? Somebody say, worthy is the Lamb of God. He is worthy of it all. He's worthy of us today catching a glimpse of how he sees the people and that we would operate better and continue to operate in and under this vision. We fast forward to, we fast forward to Acts and as Jesus uh, is about to ascend to heaven, he's with his disciples I wanted you to track through the Old Testament a little bit so that you can see how powerful and important this is in the New Testament. So Jesus is with his disciples and they're, of course, he's resurrected now. He has been with them for 40 days. He's ate fish and hasn't like plopped on the ground. It was kind of like the, you know, the kind of the weird Halloween time where like ghosts, but he was resurrected, alive, scars in his hands, eating and communicating and fellowshipping with his disciples. He's as much alive today as I am alive standing in front of you, but under the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. And he's talking with his disciples. And they're, they're telling him, you're going to establish your kingdom on earth. You're going to do, to do this. Like, it makes sense, right, in our human mind. And Jesus actually says in Acts chapter 1, 7 and 8, he says, that authority is not for you. The seasons and the times, that authority belongs to the Father. So why back in Exodus did, did it not play out the way? Because it wasn't the time yet. It wasn't the time. God sees bigger than what we can see. So there's, there, he says, you don't, know, you don't know that time when I will establish my kingdom on earth as it is complete in heaven. But what did we say the key was? The scroll. The scroll was the key that's in heaven. The title deed. And he said, it's not for you to know that part. But what you will know is that the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And so what happens to us in life is, let's imagine that, our, that our, our life is like this cup right here. Before God, it's empty, all right? Let's just establish that. Maybe even like Isaiah. Isaiah gets in the presence of God and he, he, you know, he felt empty, even maybe because of the goodness of God, he saw the reality of his situation. But this can be us as the church, okay? So this one, this cup right here, this, this bottle, or this jug represents, that's definitely not a cup. It represents the church, okay? This one represents the world that's around us, okay? Empty, much like this cup. But we, uh, I want you to just kind of go along with this. But we as Christians, so let's say, let's say this, this, cup is, this cup is born again. This cup knows Jesus, all right? We come to church. Hallelujah, we're praising and we're worshiping. It is great, right? It was like our, our service is today. God, you are so amazing. And then we get into the world and we're like, back to work. And we're like, oh, come on, my boss, I need to get some of this to God. You know, or I need to give some of this to my people in work. You know? And then we're back to church. Oh man, Sunday is amazing. Hallelujah. We're here, we're worshiping. It's great. We encourage one another. Yes, how, you know, how was your week? Well, you know, but oh, we, it's going to be a better week this week. And we go back and it's like, oh no, my marriage. Oh, come on, I need to get something out of this. You know, get that. And, and we're back on Sunday. We're like, oh man, man, if Sunday could just be like the rest of the week, man, like my life would be so much better. But, and, and then it's Monday. Oh man, here we go. Oh, you know, oh, God just heard my prayers. And it, oh, we're back to Sunday. And, yes. 
You get what I'm saying. But God, that's not what he's ever desired for us. Paul said we're like an earthen vessel that's been designed to carry God's glory. And that the world would see your good works and they would glorify your God who's in heaven. See your good works. So sometimes we think humility is the wrong thing and what we actually need to do is allow ourselves to come into the presence of God and this can happen anywhere. So when I say the church, please, we talk, a lot of times talk about the bricks and mortar, but I'm talking about wherever you are as a child of God, get yourself in agreement with two or three people, get yourself in the presence of God. And now guess what happens? Now what's in the church, in the presence of God is in my cup. Do you see that? What, what I wanted to carry through my week when I yielded myself and got into the presence of God, now it's in my life. Now when I go to the world and they're dealing with their stuff, guess what I've got? So freely I've received, freely I can give. And then I go back and into the presence of God. This could be in your, this could be in your cafeteria. This could be in your workroom. This could be in your office. This could be in the White House. And you go back and you give them what they need. And you go back into the presence of God. Lord, I need your help. And he goes, okay, take this and give it to them. They need it. They need it, right? That's what God wants to do in our lives. And Jesus said, look, you don't understand the seasons and the times. And a lot of times we like to almost challenge God with that. That's his role. He knows what he's doing. He knows the grand timeline of, of time and humanity. But what we need to do is every day of our lives walk in the power of the Holy Spirit so we have something that we can bring to a world that's in darkness and offer them light. You know what? I don't need light when I'm in the light. Did you hear me? I don't need light when I'm in the light. But when I'm in the darkness, I need light. I need light when I'm walking through my kid's bedroom at night because there's Legos all over the place. I need light. The world needs light. They don't even know it. My kids are, they don't even know the Legos are down there about to attack my feet. The world needs light. We got to be shining. We don't have time to come in there and hope that we can just dribble a little bit in there. And man, man, I just hope, I hope. No, we need something to take to them and give them of God. Power, love, faith, working through your gifting, talents, and abilities. Whatever, he's, whatever you're burdened with, take that thing and ask God, how can I use this to expand the kingdom of God? You've made me aware of the elderly people. You've made me aware of homelessness. You've made me aware of orphans. You've made me aware of my family. You've made me aware of my office environment. You've made me aware of these things and I, I'm burdened by them. God, what do you want me to do with it now? Instead of complaining about the burden, ask God to empower you with vision for the people that you can go in and make a light, that you can make light, that you can dispel darkness, that you could be salt and light to those situations. A city set on a hill. But the amazing thing that Jesus said was that you were going to be under the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, hey, gee, you know what? I, I set a pretty high standard. Good luck with it, boys. Good luck with it, fellas. No, he said, as you saw me do, anointed in a relationship with my father, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do, you do the same thing. Do you know what this is? This is Perrier. And we get shaken in the world and we get all worried. We get shaken up at work and we get worried. We get shaken up, our, you know, something, a weapon be formed against us and we get shaken. But God's promise is that though a weapon be formed against you, it will not prosper. We get shaken up and when you're under the power of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter. Because when you up, where's, where did Drew go? Where did he go? I'm going to, as long as you keep taking, I'm just going to keep shaking. And so we get this is what God wants to do in our lives is he said the spirit of God would come upon you and when you go in the world and you need to make a difference, let's go ahead and take the top off of that. There's power in, there's power in the presence of God. There's not destructive power, 
but love, unity, peace that surpasses all understanding, hope beyond despair. We talked about the other week that in Job, Job 14, it talks about when a tree is cut down and it feels like it has no hope for a future. Yet at the scent of water, a sprout comes up and springs forth new life. In the power of God's presence, there is hope, there is joy. No eye has seen nor has ear heard what's entered, what God has in store for you. I hope you catch a glimpse today of how God sees his people. He doesn't see us with our head down and in despair. He sees us with the full potential to be kings and priests in his very own presence and to minister to the world around us. Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. We have a tendency of even getting that wrong many times. He didn't come down and kick his feet up and have somebody fan him down with a palm branch. He served. Church, we're called to serve. We haven't even served our nation with voting. God, we ask for forgiveness. And if we haven't, if we haven't served in a simple act of voting, have we served our nation by praying? Jesus said we would be known by this. God, help us that we would rise up and pray. That we would be a praying church, I would believe, as we are here at Influence Church. But in the, when I'm saying church now, I'm saying nationally. God, let the church be united. Let the church be moving in love. Let the church, let the church see the goodness of God shine upon our nation so our government can do what they're called to do. We're not called to figure it all out. Church, we've left them. We've left them. Original founding fathers, many of them were pastors themselves. God, help us that we would catch what you're doing in this time that we live in and we would walk out every day of our lives empowered by the Holy Spirit. Do you hear me? Jesus said, you won't be able to figure out the seasons and the times. Live through them, but be empowered in the same, be empowered in that opportunity. Today, I don't know where you are. We can all stand. We're gonna end. We're a minute and 45 seconds right now. Over. But on that day of Pentecost, when do you know what they actually did? They actually got in the upper room when Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem, wait there. As I ascend into heaven, the Spirit's gonna be poured out in your life. Wait there. When they were waiting, they were actually, they gathered in that room, 120 of them, to observe the day of Pentecost, which is a Jewish holiday, the giving of the Torah. You know what the Torah is? The Torah is the law. They were just going through the motions. Listen, even though you may feel like you're going through the motions, do it with the power of the Holy Spirit because the power of the Spirit of God fell that day. And instead of 3,000 people being destroyed, which was what happened on that day when God gave the Torah in Mount Sinai, that day, the day of Pentecost, there was 3,000 people saved. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? God's not waiting with lightning bolts. He's wanting relationship. He's wanting his people to be empowered in love and in unity and making a difference in the world around us. But the first key is today, we need to go and make a step forward, each and every one of us, closer, a step forward closer to God. Maybe you were the person today that you may have felt like an empty cup. You may have been able to relate with this empty cup. And maybe you have been coming here and you don't even know if you're if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you're, if you're born again, Jesus said none can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born again. And maybe you, you think, well, maybe if I just keep going to church, it'll work. But it doesn't. 
you got to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Maybe you're somebody of you have been coming to church and you know you're born again, but you're tired of going into this world empty. You're like, God, I just need to immerse myself in your presence. That's maybe you. Maybe you're the person that's like, God, I need power to live out who I see you calling me to be in your word. Maybe you need the power of the Holy Spirit to, and God can do this in, in, in a heartbeat. He can do all of it at one time. I give it to you in kind of three steps because I want whatever, wherever you're at in life, like seek God for more, don't ever stop. So maybe with every head bowed and every eye closed, that's you. Maybe you're the empty cup and you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. It's simple, a child could do it, you could do it today. And if that's you, I want you to slip your hand up in here saying, Pastor, I want you to pray with me. I wanna confess with my mouth right here, the mouth of whoever you are. And I want to declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. That when that scroll is broken open, the title deed of the blessing and the humanity and the inheritance of man would be broken open, that my name would be there. I want you to pray with me, Pastor. I wanna give my life to Jesus Christ today. I saw some of you put your hands up already. But if that's you, right now, this is the greatest miracle that could ever happen. We've seen amazing miracles here at church, but this is the greatest miracle. A person coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If that's you, I'm giving you just a few more seconds. I want you to slip your hand up in the air. Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to confess with my mouth. I want to believe with my heart that I'm saved. That's you. And I want all of us, church, to pray this with those that have been lifted their hands this morning. Can we? Can you just all extend your hand in unity? Heavenly Father, we're coming before you and we're confessing with our brothers and sisters as they confess right now. And I want you to pray this with me, all church. Jesus Christ, you are Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Make me new. I give you my life to live for you in Jesus' name. Real quick, before the, the band leads us in a song, I want you to, if that's you and you want to take one step further today, you know where that's at with you and God. I want you to lift your hands and say, God, I'm ready to, I'm ready to yield to the next step. I'm ready to yield. If it's, if it's God, we're going to get out and vote. Please, vote, go vote. But God, we want to make a difference in the nation around us. Our nation is blessed because we get on our knees and pray. Our, our, our government is able to do what they're able to do because we get on our knees and pray. Our military is able to do what they're able to do because we get on our knees and pray. Our schools are able to thrive and function because we get on our knees and pray. God, we gotta take a step further. We gotta take a step further with you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's here today that's in the sound of my voice. God, wherever we're at, we can never get enough of you. And so God, we take one step further today, one step closer to you. God, many of us take a small step, but Lord, I believe that all of us today would take, would take a massive stride forward in Jesus' name. Lord, as we would ask for you to fill us with your spirit, you said you would. Lord, as we ask you to pour out your spirit in our life, you will because you're already doing it. I see it already happening. Those of them that came this morning and they feel like they're empty, Spirit of God, you are pouring out. And today I thank you that you aligned people with your pouring out, Lord. Those of you, those of us in this room that want to go forward mightily and powerfully, God, I thank you that you empower them with your spirit every moment that we ask you. You said if we knew how to give gifts as earthly parents, how much more you, Heavenly Father, would give us the gift of your spirit if we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes. Sing it out, Influence Church. He's worthy.
Then sings my soul 